some idiot just threw a rag on your face. It's not that bad, is it? There was once an emperor who loved new clothes. He spent all of his money on clothes. And he spent all of his time trying on new suits and showing them off. One day, two men came to the town where the emperor lived. They said they were weavers. They said they could weave the most beautiful cloth in the world. The men were not really weavers, though. They were liars. The two men went straight to the emperor's palace. Your majesty, said one of them. Kind of looks like Dave. Everybody Dave? knows about the beautiful cloth we weave. But have you heard the amazing thing about it? The other man said. You are Some people that, cannot see our cloth. <laughs> they cannot see it, even when they are looking right at it. Cannot see it, said the emperor. Oh, pottery, what kind of people kind of cannot see your today. beautiful cloth? Stupid people, said one What's man. And people who are not good at their jobs, Chapstick. said the other. That is truly amazing, the emperor said. I must have a suit made out of that a cloth. Well, why don't you throw our chine up so I can use it? The emperor told the two men to begin weaving the cloth at once. The men said they would need a lot of money, and they said they would need the best gold thread and the best silk thread to weave with. The emperor gave them the money and the thread, and he gave them a room in his palace to work in. The men put up two big looms to weave on. But they did not this put the thread on the looms. Nice. They put the thread away in a bag. You know, I've always liked day after day, the two men sat at the empty looms and pretended concept, to Everyone was waiting for the cloth to be finished. Everyone was waiting to find out if their friends would be able to see it. The emperor wanted to go and look at the cloth. He was sure he would be able to see it. I know I'm not stupid, he said to himself. And I know I'm good at being an emperor. But still, just this once, I think I'll send somebody else. So the emperor sent his chief minister. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? The emperor has no clothes. The emperor has no clothes anymore. Welcome to the AltaCast. It is high noon. It is Wednesday. I'll be joined soon by LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, for the celebration. The celebration of the impeachment potential of what could be happening. Thank you, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. Thank you for being awesome. And, uh, yep, that was a clip, that was a clip from Flat Black Plastic. You can listen to Flat Black Plastic every Saturday from noon to two. You can download it. That was an old one where he's talking about 
Emperor Has No Clothes by Hans Christian Andersen. Exciting stuff. But here we are in impeachment season. There we go. Are you ready for the circus? Join me! It's impeachment time, maybe. La 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 la. Thank you, Speaker House Nance Pelosi. It's party on the Alta cast. Oh, democracy finally wins out. Maybe they listen to us. We hate that guy. He is a piece of dog shit. Yay! Well, we know it's going to be a circus, and we knew or potentially knew it was going to happen. Does it matter? Is it a circus? Who knows at this point? Uh, I just feel like yay for the people for the first time and uh, for being maybe listened to and wow. So uh, I thought we'd start out the AltaCast since we're waiting for the beautiful, wonderful LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth. I thought I'd just read for you uh, the impeachment Nancy, but Miss Pelosi uh, said yesterday. It was uh, exciting stuff. Uh, women. Yay, women. We've got to stand up, man. We can't, we can't let this aggression stand. Uh, all right. So, here it's so much more interesting with Latoya. <laughs> She'll be here very soon. Uh, you are listening to the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio, and uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi yesterday announced a formal impeachment inquiry into President Donald Trump—a dramatic and historic move that comes as the president faces outrage over reports that he pressured a foreign leader in an effort to target a political rival. The announcement marks the most direct ste- step taken by. House Democratic leader to embrace embrace impeachment proceedings and is a significant escalation into the fight between the House Democrats and the president. Here are the quotes. Today, I am announcing the House of Representatives moving forward with an official impeachment inquiry, Pelosi said in a brief speech to the Capitol, adding, the president must be held accountable. No one is above the law. Actions taken to date by the president have seriously violated the Constitution, the House Speaker said. The House Speaker, who has long pushed to keep her caucus away from the politically divisive issue, is responding to a seismic shift among Democratic members following Trump's admission of discussing Vice President Joe Biden and his son in a phone call with the Ukrainian president. Dozens of House Democrats, many from moderate or Trump won districts, have announced their support for an impeachment inquiry over the past 48 hours. Quote, this week, the president has admitted to asking the president of Ukraine to take action which would benefit him politically. The actions of Trump presidency revealed the dishonorable fact of the president's betrayal of his oath of office, betrayal of our nation's national security, and betrayal of the integrity of our elections, Pelosi said in her public remarks. In advance of that statement, Pelosi and Majority Leader Steiny Hoyer also announced plans to vote on a resolution of disapproval on Wednesday for allegations, quote, that the President of the United States sought to enlist a foreign government to interfere in our democratic process by investigating one of his political rivals and may have used the withholding of congressionally appropriated foreign assistance days earlier as intimidation. Their statement did not mention impeachment. 
Full speed ahead. Nancy Pelosi continued Tuesday afternoon with the six House Democratic leaders to discuss their presentation to the caucus later that day. Democratic sources familiar with the issue said in that closed door meeting before her public announcement, Pelosi said the six chairmen will continue to investigate under a powerful new umbrella of an impeachment inquiry. A separate source in the room said the speaker added, quote, we are here or here we are. A moment of truth. Truth is what this has been about all along. I think she's more eloquent than that, to be honest. Here we are, a moment of truth. Truth is what this has been about all along. Quoting, he's taken it to another level of betrayal. Therefore, we're moving forward with another level of inquiry, Pelosi said. Behind the scenes, Pelosi has encouraged members of her caucus to state their impeachment position now in order to show there's a groundswell in the caucus. She's also conveying that message to the freshmen. On Tuesday, Pelosi also told the caucus that the impeachment inquiry would be done expeditiously, but wasn't specific in her time frame, according to a source in the room. Representative Jackie Spire told CNN that the president's actions in regard to Ukraine were so egregious that there has been a dramatic shift by Pelosi. Quote, I think she's very laser focused on this offense as being so egregious that it warrants a full blown impeachment inquiry, she said. Asked what the timeline is for this, she said swiftly. House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler on Tuesday after Pelosi's remarks, I have only one thing to say, full speed ahead. All right. Uh, Civil rights icon Representative John Lewis on Tuesday announced his support for impeachment proceedings, arguing that, quote, now's the time to act and any delay would, quote, betray the foundations of our democracy. We will never find the truth unless we use the power given by the House of Representatives and the House alone to begin to begin an official investigation as dictated by the Constitution, the Georgia Democrat said in a speech on the House floor. The future of democracy is at stake. That's true. Some of Pelosi's closest allies, including House Reps Rosa DeLauro of Connecticut and Debbie Dingell of Michigan have signed their support for impeachment proceedings, a significant indicator that the speaker could be moving closer to back backing the divisive political procedure. Another crucial development has been multiple high-profile freshman Democrats in districts Trump won in 2016, either coming out publicly to fully endorse the House Judiciary Committee's impeachment inquiry or at least opening the door to proceedings, citing Trump's actions as forcing them to act. One of those freshman Democrats, Republican Mikey Sherrill of New Jersey, stressed on CNN New Day Tuesday that, quote, none of us ran on impeaching the president, but she argued that allegation that Trump might have tried leveraging foreign military aid to advance his reelection efforts was, quote, just a line I think was too much for all of us. Pelosi has cited the House members in GOP-leaning districts as part of her hesitance to embrace impeachment, and the groundswell of statements over the past 48 hours could signal a tipping point in the political calculus. Quote, if investigations confirm recent reports, these actions represent impeachable offenses that threaten to undermine the integrity of our elections and jeopardize the balance of power within the federal government. Representative Haley Stevens of Michigan said in a statement on Tuesday. Stevens had told CNN last month that she had, quote, mixed reviews from the people in my district on the issue of whether to move forward with the impeachment proceedings. So far, as many as 165 House Democrats have publicly stated their support for an impeachment inquiry into Trump, according to a CNN count. That doesn't include the House Democrats who've said in recent days that the president's behavior is a turning point in Democrats' oversight 
into the administration. Pelosi has for months resisted pursuing impeachment because she has sought to protect vulnerable Democrats in GOP-leaning districts who could face voter backlash. Representative Jamie Raskin of Maryland, a member of a House judiciary, told CNN on Tuesday morning that he believes articles of impeachment are inevitable and said there is a, quote, growing clamor throughout the Democratic caucus to deal with Trump's reckless and lawless behavior. Yeah, reckless and lawless behavior. I mean, is this all just a fun, like, look over here, look over here, where we do something else, like, incredibly dangerous to you? Or I, I have no idea. Do you ever question the nature of your reality? Yes, yes, I do, Dolores. I do. I watched Westworld again, so I'm just, like, getting all esoteric and cognitive dissonance out. A- am I... Am I an automaton? Am am I a robot? I might be. Have I just been programmed to believe? Am I a bug in the system? Am I part of the system? Am I afraid of the system? Yes, I'm afraid of the system. On my way over here, my poor darling boyfriend, Jonathan, was driving me and I had a full-blown panic attack because we were just driving from the TL to the mission. And it's a circus out there, friends. It's a circus. But I really, I was really afraid for my life, not for my life, just, I don't know. It's a circus out there, but it's, it's that I am afraid of cars because cars are a system of architecture that has so many variables. First, there's the car itself. It's like, it's like we're in a clock, but I know that some of the parts are broken and then I'm in a car and not driving. So I have no control. And there's bikes and there's people and there's people on scooters with no helmets and there's people on bikes with no helmets and there's people with strollers and then there's people in cars and they could be drunk. Hey, I don't drive anymore and I haven't driven for 12 years because I'm a responsible adult and I probably drove drunk 3,600 times. So I'll never drive again because I've realized the error of my ways 12 years ago. But I was in the system. I was part of the system, and I thought I was better than the system. And I'm like, I can drive around wherever I want. I'm better than the system. I'm paying so much attention, they'll never get me. I'm great. Wrong. And then so now that I'm like, whoa, that was a really misguided perception, I, I'm outside the system, but I know that that's part of the system, and now there's so many more people, and we're all inside a clock that's moving, but some of the parts are broken, and then how do you deal with that? And I think that metaphor extends in so many different directions. And so that's why I have crazy social anxiety and had a panic attack in the car on the way here. <laughs> I, was, I was crying. It was awful. And I was breathing and I almost passed out because I started hyperventilating. And I hate panic attacks. And it, I, just, I just can't be in cars anymore. It's just, but it's also the high stress of what's happening. Like... So this is all happening right now in this political circus, in this machine that we've built that I have no faith in as working. Like all of these moving parts that are supposed to be moving toward democracy. And are they meshing? Where are we going? It's like we built a train of democracy and there was a track. But is the train, well, the train obviously has got to be on some kind of track to be built a new track. When did we change tracks? And I didn't notice. Like it's all maybe not falling apart this is supposed to be the celebration like something's happening but is that just another like ruse 
Yeah, that's the question. So impeachment, yay! Thanks, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, funny enough, I guess we're all part of the great gestalt of whatever, whether we choose to be part of the system, we're still constantly affected by it. And yesterday, I, I wasn't even paying attention to the internet. I mean, I was, I was doing other work of my own. I just wasn't looking at anything else. I was very focused on putting out the announcement for the opening of admissions and applications for the fifth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival now through November 30th. Go to the form site that you can find on any Facebook page or on our Instagram at Mutiny Radio SF. Follow us there. But I was announcing that all day yesterday. And so I didn't even know that the impeachment thing had been happened until a friend of mine texted me, but it was after I'd written this poem. So I'm sitting here in my chair doing all my stuff and sending out all my information. And then I just was like, I need to write a poem. And so I looked up one of my Marxist texts. I'm writing a poetry compilation called High Marx, where I smoke a ton of weed. And then I redact Marxist texts into poems. And so this one was about women in Ireland in like, you know, 1850s or whatever and land grabs. And so I took this text and of Marx and then I redacted it into this poem. And this is before I knew about Nancy Pelosi and the impeachment announcement or anything. So here it is. Uh, it's called what to do with our quote, great men, question mark, present slackness, political assembly of ladies, all American sisters, a circumstance of class, sufficient objects. Across an ocean, we are petty chieftains, ready to risk as a manner of support, carry out some usurpation, exchanged by so many by the passage of land to mouth. An old woman burned, refused from her hut, refusing from her hut to be expelled by them. Middle-class robbery, possessions, sheep, and murder. Who attains a home? The question of property decided by a few great men. Ah! Okay, so I almost like wrote a story about like women rise up and then they did and then she did. Thank you for acknowledging the voice of the people, House, or House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Yay. So... I'm sure that I, so today I'm wearing a municipal waste shirt um, that has a picture of Donald Trump blowing his own brains out and his brains are all splattery and it's like and on the back it says the only walls we build are walls of death and th they are talking about like you know when you're walls of death you know when you're like dancing and uh, the, I mean, I didn't really think the wall was being built. Like, I didn't really believe it. I thought that we were like, no, it's... And then I'm like, no, really? It's being built? That's the whole thing is that the system keeps going. And I'm having a lot of cognitive dissonance because I'm alive, right? Like, and is my pers perspective so skewed? Like, what is really happening? I'm questioning my own reality all the time. I, I don't know if what I'm seeing is real. <laughs> Or if I'm just really, really stoned. I thought I saw a rat yesterday, or it could have just been a shadow, or it could have been my spirit animal. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I'm assuming it was probably really a rat. I'm hoping that it was really a small animal. And I definitely, I don't think that my spirit animal is a rat. No way. I can't feed off death. 
Uh, but aren't we all as Americans right now? Aren't we all feeding off the the death, death of others? Ryan Schooley, a young comedian on the scene right now, has a very funny joke about um, blood diamonds. And do those still exist? Like, are there still children in Africa losing limbs because of diamonds? And I was like, didn't we solve that? But just because we talk about it doesn't mean it's solved, I guess. <laughs> just because it's solved for us in San Francisco doesn't mean it's not solved for everyone else. Yeah, what's going to happen, everybody? <sighs> Anybody else nervous? Well, now LaToya is officially late because she said 12.15 and it's 12.21. So she should be waltzing in the door at any time here on the AltaCast every Wednesday from noon to 2. Exciting stuff. Well, let me tell you about the real exciting stuff coming up that the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival still exists. How is that possible going into its fifth year? Yay! Gonna have same amazing sponsors, Bumble SF, Counter Offer, Asiento, Benders, of course. Love them. Some new sponsors this year. Law Tigers already helping us out, being amazing. Law Tigers. If you're in a motorcycle accident, call Law Tigers. They're they're here for you. Never ride alone. Uh, anyways, I'm excited. So the we have open submissions from now until November 30th. It's 20 bucks. It's like it's like nothing, right? You're totally helping the station too. Really, it is it is support for the station, and I appreciate that so much to help keep the doors open. So thank you for applying. And this year's going to be amazing because we're doing a full seven days. Yay! She made it. This I'm so excited. Like it's it's hot out there. So I've got um, I've got the circus music on because the new circus is about to start. Uh, yeah, <laughs> impeachment time. Nancy Pelosi. Things I really are going to what happen put on I wrote a poem, but I didn't even know. I didn't even know when I wrote the poem yesterday that anything. I think that maybe I was just sort of paying attention. I wasn't. I was on the internet, but I wasn't looking. I was doing specific things, and it must have just filtered into my gestalt that something was happening. And I write this poem, and then later I'm like, Oh my God! They started like when something happened. You're like, I'm like, Oh my. God, am I a real artist? Am I like feeling the nature of the flow of what's happening in our society and just like pushing it out without even knowing? Oh my God! So I was feeling very artistic and that sort of happened. Well, and I it, liked it. Thank you. It just came It just came to me at like three in the afternoon. I was like, I need to write a poem. And then I was like, I'm just going to do Marxist text. I'm going to redact it. It's going to be amazing. I wore, wore a special shirt for you today. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, a municipal waste shirt. That is a isn't, dope shirt. Isn't that dope? Municipal waste. Uh, and I, I brought up some fun, uh, the, the fun circus music, but also I thought it would be fun to listen to this song. I like it. The, the circus is in session. Look at that eagle. What if we put them together? We've got the circus music and the hail to the chief music. This is very flat black plastic of us, which you can listen to on Saturdays from noon to two. He mixes fun things together. I love it. It's, it's trippy and creepy and weird, just like what's going on right now. It's trippy and creepy and weird. You can't hear it on the, the live this, because unless you're live streaming us as well just, with the... Just picture it. Just picture it. 
someday we'll be able to integrate these things together. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll turn that crazy stuff down a little bit. But hey, is, that ex- is it exciting or what? I'm guessing yes. I, well, did you not know about it either? They, no, oh. I knew about it. Oh, okay. I was just like, I'm like more of like, let's see what happens kind of thing. Because it's Nancy Pelosi. She can say anything. She says anything. I didn't anything. know Skeletor had a sister. <laughs> That's a good joke. Yeah, it's an old drummer comedian Aaron Barrett joke, but he doesn't do comedy anymore. And I bought all his jokes for a beer. So I can say that. That's my joke now. Nancy Pelosi, I didn't know Skeletor had a sister. He does it when he was doing this um, George W. Bush impression. I when liked he'd when be he like, he was like, House Mute Nancy Pelosi, I didn't know Skeletor had a sister. <laughs> I appreciate that. Appreciate that. I, I like, I actually liked his uh, George W. I loved, I think he's. Yeah. Go visit him at Doc's Clock on 20th and Mission. Oh, he's a bartender. He's still there. there. Yeah, nice. yeah. Actually, he's going on tour with Death Angel. Again, uh, but it's a, it's not a European tour. It's in like an Eastern tour, like an Eastern seaboard tour. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Rockstar and he's, bartender. Well, he's the he's the drum tech for Will Carroll, who's the drummer of Death Angel. Nice. So he gets to go on tour with them, and it's super cool. I didn't. He's know like a th- working musician. Didn't know Skeletor had a sister. Yeah. I didn't know Skeletor. So had how a do you feel about? I mean, I'm not gonna get too wet in my panties about it just yet. I, I'm. I'm really, I think we have to celebrate the small victories that like finally someone listened to the people and said like, we can't, we can't let this stand. There's so many reasons why he's fucked up and they finally found one that they can hang their hat on because they're like, like, remember when we killed people for being communists in the fifties, Ethel? Goldberg, Rose, Ro- Rosenberg. Rosenberg. Yeah, it's Ethel and George and Ethel. No, it was, but it's Ethel. Was yeah, the Ethel the woman. was one. But they killed people for knowing Russians, and now our president. Fucking with the Ukraine. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm, no, no, my I touched my leg. Sorry. But um. But so the fact of the matter time. is just like he did. That's treason. treason. Yes. Like it, that's like that's like number one. That's like the definition of like basically like hey. I'm going to withhold this money, so you better give me the dirt on Joe Biden and his son so it can help with my campaign. It's fucking dirty and underhanded. I mean, what more? I mean, I mean, come on. We know that everything that he's been doing mostly has been unconstitutional. But this is, this is... Finally, there's something that even took it has to stick egregious enough and they use the word egregious twice in this one article from cnn and i love the word egregious because it's it has to it's so overblown that they can't he said it himself too he's like he's like impeaching himself that's yeah like, this all yeah. we can trace all of this back to when he said i could wave a gun around and shoot, shoot someone, someone fifth in, avenue. In, yeah, in fifth avenue and i wouldn't get in trouble and that's where this all comes from, is that he has the mentality that he is above the law. And we've let him be above the law. And finally, the law has said, no, this is too much. You can't just... Ru- I mean, I understand if we're saying, if we are as a group saying, like, 
there are no borders and countries are just countries and everything's fine and, and rainbow gathering and all that. But that's not what's happening here. It's not like a fucking, the world is one and there are no countries or borders and so we can talk to Russia. No, no, no. It's still, it's not like that. No. That is still treason because we're like, they're the enemy or not the enemy, but like they don't get to know secrets. It's the same thing of him like being in front of the wall and the this and being like, hey, there's sensors on the wall so you we can know if you're climbing it. Right, General Buddy Bud Fuckface? And he's like, don't talk about that. Like chastises him and says, don't tell the secrets. People aren't, you just told a security secret. So now they know to avoid it or to do whatever. Why, what are you so stupid that you, you know, because he's just showing off because he's like, every, look I'm, what I could do. What My I could balls do. are big, talk about this. small. I can do anything. So I, yeah, I was, I read a little bit today in Huffington Post that he, they released the phone call and stuff of what he said. Um, I, I like the fact that he's hanging himself. Give him more rope. Give and, him more rope. And then give me a tree. Well, <laughs> it's, I mean, but it's about time because if we don't do something now, then we say as a people that we're okay with a dictatorship yeah yeah a dictatorship with um because the net they're the next guy that comes in even it, 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 he could be democrat or republican i mean that gives them the right to do whatever the fuck they want i guess it sets it sets a precedent yeah it, yeah. it, it totally does and i mean go ahead no just we're finally understanding and, and lies are coming like our government's been lying to us for years and years. Do we now go, look, we want truth. It's like we've been part and complicit with the lies. And and now if it all comes out, I mean, what does it mean? When do we when do we say that what we it's a cognitive dissonance? When do we say that what we've believed in hasn't been real? Well, it's not real. Democracy isn't real. It kind of isn't. You know, democracies fall. And yeah. it's, I mean, you hear so many stories like our, I mean, Venezuela's democracy is fallen. Um, Brazil right now is on fire, literally. And their democracy is falling. And it's really, it's, it's scary that's with scary. The, the fucking rainforest. Right. And you know what happens when you burn a rainforest, what it turns into. A desert! Yay! And just imagine all those things, those plants and stuff. Like the cure of AIDS and cancer could be right there. But well, let's just burn it! Well, it's like well, all of our oxygen kind of from the earth comes from there because there from, were so yeah. many trees. But the, it's also incredibly problematic if you just look at where the equator lies. And if you see like, oh, the equator goes through the Sahara Desert. Was that... And then the, at the same, was, but the same thing. So now that it goes through Brazil and the equator is right there, if we, if all the forest is burned and that turns into desert, we're gonna have two Sahara deserts. And Sahara is pretty fucking large. And <laughs> is it gonna be like Spaceballs where you have Perry air and you have to <laughs> take air out of cans and you're like, oh, I can breathe and it's we're really getting, scary. We're getting close to that. Well, plus also too the uh, Basaro, that's his name, I believe. He's like the Brazilian Trump. I don't know why people are like wanting to get this authoritarian. Like you have Boris Johnson in the UK. Oh. You have Basaro in uh, Brazil. We have Fuckface here. I mean, these things do not last. I mean, well, I mean the fact. Well, or maybe they do. I, I, I they, mean, they the always Ottoman usually Empire. come to Trump. I mean, they all they usually they fall. Well, like, and that's the thing. Everything falls. So are we in the middle of falling? Are we the Roman Empire right now? And then what the fuck happens when you take an entitled people and you know take away all their? Well, my thing is what I'm FEMA tense. The reason why I'm not 
wet yet is because I'm waiting for the Democrats to get soft. I don't trust them because the older ones, the corporate ones especially, they they want to see him gone, but they have a lot of interests, financial interests. Well, and the question is, can America survive without huge corporate interests? Like, do we require huge corporations and monopolies in order to, to be... I don't think we can. I don't think we can survive. I mean, like, look at Amazon. So here's the thing: Amazon is getting huger and bigger and bigger. And not paying taxes. Huger. I'm sorry for saying that word. The biggest, hugest, the hugest, the hugest corporation. And is that a good thing? But it, no. I mean, once everything can be delivered to your door, what you don't need to go around the corner to get your cat food because you just have it delivered. And I mean, I guess it creates jobs for the people that are sending things out. Like, where is the but my problem is, my problem used to be about that, you know, like, you know, not being able to leave your house. But now my problem is the fact of the matter that Amazon, as much as a large corporation as they are, they don't pay taxes. Right. Yeah. And then on top of that, the people that are employed there that are like in like the warehouses are only making $15 an hour. And they're paying taxes. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. It's so weird so, how they've made the people in charge have made it so that they make more money and they go like, but we're creating jobs and we're job creators. But then we're not the when you have to put taxed. another, not when you, you're not a job creator when I have to get a second job in order to cover my bills. So yeah, you're, I mean, yeah, yeah. I have a job, but you're not a creator, right. but I mean, it's not just Amazon. There's a bunch. I mean, we know about Walmart. Sure. I mean, they sure. really don't pay people shit. And then we have the fast food workers. So yeah. I mean, all these, I mean, and how long will those fast food industry jobs last when we're moving to automation? So if we move those jobs and say, hey, we used to say, hey, you could do it. And now we say, oh, a robot's going to do it. Then what do we do? Do we just put everybody on well, uh, universal basic income? I mean, what would happen if you just let people, gave people $1,000 a month and said, hey. You're doing the Andrew Yay I, Yay, yeah. yay, Andrew Yay. I'm a cheerleader, dude. I love that guy. He's, I, and not that I want him to be president, but I think that we, his idea. I like him to be in the cabinet and I think it's important to be discussing the ideas of universal basic income. Now, because you know he's a corporate guy too. And that's why I, I don't. But there's a I, balance of him being in the cabinet rather than the president or. And if we keep the corporate structure that we exist in, then that's how universal basic income can exist because we actually start legitimately taxing the larger corporations to fund the people. So, it, I mean, if every person got an extra thousand dollars, that's only going to help the economy. God, I'd love it's, to have an extra thousand dollars. I, I totally agree with that. I really it would change do. Change my life. For some people, they'd be like, "Eh, that's nothing." But fuck your face. But for me, a thousand dollars would change everything for Mutiny Radio. I think it would change everything. I don't think the you know. Because I don't think that thousand dollars would be going to like the one percenters. No, nope. it'll be well, going more to like you know the middle class or what have you, and then the you, working class. Me. Yeah. So I mean that thousand dollars will it totally will boost the economy and it'll it'll boost the world economy because people with that thousand dollars will be able to travel. So I mean it, it, it benefits everybody. The, I mean a thousand dollars a month would change my life only because I mean and not that I want to go out and drive a car because I gave that up and when I gave up my car it changed my life because I didn't have to pay that $1,000 a month. Like, that's the luxury tax that a car is. If you have a car... And tickets. With tickets and with gas and with... I mean, everything involved. Insurance. 
it is it is a luxury and it costs about a thousand dollars a month now if i got an extra thousand dollars a month would i put it into the car industry no because that's not me i mean i would probably you eat out more and i travel more yeah and you probably will get little knickknacks but you also oh. would save too i would and put it into mutiny radio yeah and that would help. I'd put That's it into investing. marketing. I'd invest it into marketing for Mutiny Radio. And I'd use it for a budget to travel to do comedy around. Right. So I'd be... It's not like you're going to be going to Louis Vuitton and shit. Right. No. Right. Oh, my yeah. God. What would be the point of that? I mean, I, I might buy drugs, but that's legal now. And that's that would be the, your Louis yeah. Vuitton. Yeah, I'm drugs. I'm going to go and get some, get some purple haze, baby. You know, I, get some you, cleaning done. Going back to, like, the whole Ukraine thing. Mm. I didn't realize we were giving them what, like, what is it, forty or four hundred and twenty million dollars a month like, or How something? Much? I mean, yeah. I it was it's a large to do amount what? for opiates for for opium fields for uh, I guess for gas for, for what the fuck like are we uh, I guess for like not what I want I don't want to say helping but um, like is it a like an emergency fund or something? I the money that they're getting a lot of money from us, huh. but. So I find it, I, I'm finding yeah. it really weird of like that money could go to infrastructure and education. But I thought they said there's no money in the budget for that stuff. Well, and hmm. also we just it isn't about it's, I think the problem is that when you're dealing with large corporations in the system, they don't want to put money into something unless they know they're sort of making money out of it. So it's it's like destroy things and then build things with contracts and I just don't understand why we don't refurbish things that exist why not when you why knock down a stadium to build a new stadium why not turn it into a school like you've got a field you in the center like candlestick yeah like well, candlestick the reason why that had to be demolished was because they didn't think this through when they built it in the first place. The infrastructure was falling apart because where it was. Oh, and it's right there on the, on the ground. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. on the gotcha, bit. Gotcha. Yeah. So, now they built houses there, so good for yeah. You. Oh, there's it's still nothing there. Oh, there's nothing there. There's nothing there oh, yet. Good. There was supposed to be a. Um, we're talking San Francisco. San Francisco politics now. Yeah. Um, so there was supposed to be like a whole new development over there, but that fell through. Yeah. So I think it all it, that has something to do with infrastructure, but I do agree with the fact of like you know you have a lot of play people spending a bunch of money on these large stadiums um especially like with the raiders moving to right oh and that's gross to, las vegas we're diving into something else but we'll go back but it all later. it all yeah. comes back to like big corporations and and who's going to make the most money off of this product or thing and, and it's i always wonder why do we I was thinking about war and like we're just killing people in other countries we make and money and yeah because we make money on the bombs and people are making the bombs and then we blow up things and then we put the contracts in for the people to rebuild look we're helping rebuild but it's our contractors that are making money off it I just don't understand why we can't take the money and instead of destroying things we just build things or take the things that are already built and make them better like I, why not I agree to an extent with certain things like when I see like old you know like buildings and structures like okay for example that good the goodwill building. oh right the goodwill building yeah. that is that is in san francisco yeah now it's knocked down but now it's going to be a high rise i want to see how many bodies are going to fill that high rise especially that the fact that matter it's that big. it's 17 stories tall yeah i counted them and then they have the one that's a couple blocks down on the same strip yeah which yep. is completely not full 
I mean, I'm just saying, because San Francisco is the most expensive city, number two in the world, next to Hong Kong is number one. Wow. Yeah, and that says a lot. Sure. But also, I mean, that structure of that Goodwill building could have been something else rather than... 17 stories of by the way I hope it's some low income housing it's not I don't I don't think it's gonna be affordable here it's a butterfly it's on the it's gonna give us hope hey butterfly butterfly. that's so nice let's see what happens it's too hot outside for you butterflies maybe maybe it's it's 90 degrees here it's 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 like it feels like Greece it's beautiful I have no problem with it I I kind of like being in the sun I just don't like it I don't like it at night because I don't have an AC Mm, that's what sucks AC in San Francisco yeah Um, I went to the uh, climate change uh, march on Friday good for you yeah Uh, they were they were 120 cities worldwide were doing it Um, about uh, basically it's like a climate strike thing it was pretty cool. Climate change is real. Yeah. And we have like 750,000 th- 750, extra Uber cars just driving around San Francisco. It, carbon footprint, everyone. Carbon Well, footprint. maybe if Muni would c- get here on time yes, and didn't yeah. fuck around. I, I did wait for the... Um, Sunday, I waited for a 27 bus for 37 minutes. It That's kinda, ridiculous. It was a bummer. But I still love the bus, and thank you, Muni, and I love you. I love you, Muni. I, you can kiss my ass, Muni. They, Wait, ba- back to that big high-rise. So the reason that they've been ripping up Van Ness, local news again, is that they needed to change out the water and the poop pipes. So And they come from that direction. So they had to rip up Van Ness all the way down, both sides, and implement these huge new... Um, cistern's the wrong word, but the pipes, because... They were building such a big building that they weren't going to be able to service it with water. Because you imagine they just built a 17-story building with all of those. And they're all Richie Pants. So they're all going to have a washer dryer in them. They all have a toilet. They all have a fucking sink and a dishwasher. That's a lot of water. And so they had to change a lot of units, a lot of water. And we're sort of, we're not in a drought anymore. Yeah, we kind of are. We're going to be kicking ourselves for not collecting all the water from the beginning of this year when it was like, there's so much water. And now we're like, it's so hot. And we're stupid because right now we should be collecting the fucking sun and putting it into a battery or some shit. And we should have at the beginning of the year when it was raining, collected all the water and put it into fresh water from the sky. Like it was, you know, filtered by the gods and we didn't save it. We're like, oh, whatever, it'll be fine. We're Fuck. In five years, we're going to be like, why didn't we save that water? I'm curious. I need to, I guess I should look this up. Like, do we have any buildings like that? Like, that, that do- collect rainwater? Yeah. And have, I don't think so. Oh. The island of, that I, that I can't say, <laughs> the island that I was on in Greece, that's awesome, is completely solar and wind uh, energy. They are, they are like zero emissions. Oh, cool. The whole island which is amazing i mean they use gas for cars and motorbikes but everything else is fine it's still going that's oh i've got both i've got the circus music and the tales of the chief going at the same time oh my in the gosh background. that's actually I'll, creepy it I is like pretty it. creepy i'll i'll change just it just like our administration so. well it could change i mean that's the the question is do we be, do we believe that change is possible is the change that Obama ran on in 2008 is it changed for gay people? Well, so in, but in 2008, those people who all voted and were excited were all in their 20s. Now they're in their 30s. Do they care? Yes. Do they? You, so and do the younger 
generation who've had Trump. I mean, it's this is I'll put it this way. Um, I don't think it's that I don't think it's as energized in contrast to 2008, though everyone said, like, you know, I was one of those young people. Well, I'm still young. Yeah. Um, but I was one of those people like, God, we already went through Bush. We can't do this again. And we're in the recession. And after Katrina, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and shit yeah. was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Shit was bad. But people were more energized and more ready to like, it was more grassroots, I think. And yeah. we were ready for a change. This time, we're ready for a change. But the problem is, I, I'm, I'm blaming the DNC on this they are not putting their energy toward the right candidates mm. like i said like i am either a bernie or a, a warren a elizabeth warren yeah person but they're putting all their energy toward joe biden yeah i don't understand that either how was and the only reason why they're doing that is because of obama and i'm like they're not the same people no not at all he's recognizable and he gets he gets um you know his poll is high among people um over 50 but other than that he's not getting he's not gravitating to young people young people but this, young people want change right because they i mean they see the either they're going to be part of the system and say well this is the way it is like we put babies in cages and we don't like brown people it's basically like saying well you know if our government's based on white supremacy then, it's, you know it's, it's okay they're not bothering me today so or is it like this aggression will not stand like we we won't we won't let this happen we won't let human rights violations continue to be rolled back we we have to stand up and say hey all these abortion fucking rollbacks and human rights issues involving women we have to say that's a problem and it if is, we don't absolutely. and if we don't and we just go well you know let's let them build a wall and yeah mexico they are kind of fucked no mexico's amazing but we have to we have to stand up and say no i will say this too in 2008 i did see not just young people but also older people and baby boomers that were ready because after 2008, their 401k oh, gone. Right, gone. Uh, yeah. Their more their homes, their mortgages gone. You know, yeah. and the yeah. same thing could happen this time because we are going to get into a recession. Notice every time that we do have a Republican president, we end up getting a recession. I mean, it's an interesting. Just, like, yeah, you notice that. But just, there's there's also the pendulum pendulum swing of. We had, we want to change. We got a black president. I think we're forgetting like the hugeness yeah. of an African-American president and that it was like, no, he's not African-American. He's African. It's like, oh, fuck it. I don't care. He's a black it's guy. Racism. Yay. We have got a black president. Woo, woo, woo. Like, that's amazing. That That's so big for the, for such a, for a nation that's completely based off the subjugation of other races just stand it up and say look our leader and to love him and for him to do amazing things but then that pendulum swung all this way and then it swung all the way back and it's like the white supremacist people and they're like we're gonna stand we won't let this we won't let these free loving hippie druggy losers negro right brown brown people immigrant those loving those gay yeah lesbians. those exactly like the transgender and it's like oh all the people oh and it's all it's it's poor people we're, we're we're rich people that are in charge we don't want to give any of our richness away to anyone because we're selfish fucking pricks 
here we all are. Like, why is the entitlement? Why do they deserve so much? Why, what, someone does, how much do you need? How much do you need? Well, I mean, the white straight male is afraid and you bringing that up about like Obama, that's what really kicked off the fact of like, I mean, white supremacy has always been there. And it went underground for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, for black people, it was always there. But now it, the, it, people are proud to come out and say what they say, you know, and in contrast to like, it wasn't hidden, but you were looked down upon a little bit more, you know, I mean, as a black person, it was never hidden to me, but right. I do notice the difference of like, oh yeah, white supremacy has gone mainstream. Right. Yeah. It's like. And it's yeah. because the fact that the fear of the fact of like you saw this black family in the White House and they're like, no, yeah. no, they should still be in shock. We gave them too much. Now, mind <laughs> you, mind you, Obama, I have some issues with the way he did things. I can understand what he did in 2008 for the four years you have to play the game. By 2012, he did he did more to me for the LGBTQ XYZ community in contrast to the black community. Yeah, because he couldn't do things for the black community because then people would call him out and be like, "You're just doing it for the black people because you're black." But that's why I said the second minister, uh, his second term. Right, right, right. That way, because you don't get a third term. Right. So 2008, you have to play the game. But he did. Um, expunge like 1600 he like he like that pardoned like 1600 people he, he stayed did. up all night at the last day of his presidency to he sign all of those people out of jail and he just kept signing and signing and expunging records and it was like thank you for but i will i mean there should have been more done with police battalion which eric holder was trying to do but that got rolled back by uh, keebler elf dude uh <laughs> Uh, but the, there could have been more done. Oh, absolutely! The black I mean, it, he couldn't bring up reparations, and then oh, you know, and that's that another be, thing. People want. would be like, "What?" Someone else has to bring up. I have a problem oh. with the drones. Yeah, I have a problem with the drones. I have a problem with some of the things that were happening in some of the African countries that we could have helped out with. Um, and also too a lot of people if you notice the liberal media and those liberals um swept under the rug that he actually deported a lot of people too yeah that's yeah i mean so he was kind of like i corporate democrat i mean i don't hate him but i have issues i miss him i I, uh, i'll even say i miss george w bush at this point i'd rather so hard i'd rather have a dummy that i'd want to have a beer with like george w Man, I'd like to sit down on the porch and have a beer with that buddy. But it was but Dick Cheney that was Trump, the puppet master. I wouldn't even want to be in the same room. I've told you the story about how I was going to be on Martha Stewart's Apprentice the second season, but yeah. it wasn't picked up. And I'm in the I'm in the room with the casting directors, and they're like, "If we have a second season of Martha Stewart the Apprentice, you're on." But we really don't think it's going to get picked up. Do you want to be on Donald Trump's The Apprentice? And I mean, they were filming me, and I was like, "Fuck that guy! I don't want to ever meet that guy." I'm not. And this is in like 2006. Yeah. This and I was like, "Fuck that guy." I don't want to be around him, learn anything. Fuck, fuck, fuck. No. The only reason I'm here is because I fucking love me some Martha Stewart. Like, I was even thinking I might get a tattoo of her on me. Really? Like a, like a, 
like a beautiful portrait of her from from her early like from her first cookbook. I, I might get like a beautiful black and white Martha you don't Stewart. Want her, like with bars in front of her. No, I mean okay. I could. I mean I could I could make it kind of fun and silly, but I just I really respect and love Martha her. Stewart because she took what women were expected. She's an amazing feminist. She took what women were expected to do and she turned it into an economically viable job. Like how being a great housekeeper was just something that women were supposed to do and not get any credit for it or no money. She's like a Marxist almost. She was like, value my labor. Look at my gorgeous cranberry topiary. Value it. And we do now. And now people are like, oh, crafting is fucking cool. And now she's crossed over to the hip hop community. And, and now she has a billion magazines and she's totally gone corporate, but she's gone corporate in the promotion of what women used to be expected to do. And she created basically a job out of it <laughs> and I respect her so much and all Welcome of to Martha Stewart I do living. I'm oh I love Martha Stewart's living and she's like a job Mar- creator and she was demonized because of a thing that everyone else does insider trading you you've all did our president do you know how many people trading. probably do insider trading right, right now. now right now you're insider trading right now I know yeah. it. come on <laughs> I Let's, mean the I mean, the game is the fact that matter she was high profiled and then and they she, wanted to demonize a woman who was doing great in business because women aren't supposed to be in business, my dear. Women don't cry in business, my dear. And that was one of the things she said on Martha Stewart, the apprentice one. A, a woman was crying. She said, women in business don't cry, my dear. And I'm like, she shit, I can never Wall be Street in business. She too, I believe. Way yeah, back in the and day, she was so a she model. She started oh, as a model. That I did not yeah, know. She's gorgeous. Yeah, I did and not she's know like that. over. She's like seventy four or something, and she still looks amazing. She looks she's great. incredible. Love yeah, her. She looks good. Love you, Martha. 70- Even though she's a corporate sellout, but buy in, sister. Like, uh, I, I just respect the I, shit out of Martha. Stewart. I figure most people with that much money is they're going to sell out anyway. Just don't sell your soul. Right. There's she still difference. has her chickens and her yeah. Chow don't, chows. Don't sell your soul, like the Democrats. I love her crisp sheets. <laughs> she uh, she lives if i could if i could be in martha stewart's world for a day i would just i would i would Christmas. love it like all the pillows like just all of the design just being I wonder, around does kmart her. still have i hope stuff so. does kmart still exist i don't know that's don't a good know. question that, that, see, but then another... she tried to bring beauty to the masses god bless her she probably makes more of her st- makes money off online stuff because I noticed like places like Kmart and JCPenney that had like you know like Martha's her Stewart line, living her yeah, line yeah. those places are closing down because everyone's shopping online. online yeah you know but I don't I don't shop online so I do I don't I do I just don't do it but I do like to go out in the world and look at things and touch them with my hands and put them on me before I buy it or. You know, I, I, I still love going to the grocery store. But anyway, yeah, gross out was gr- fun yesterday. I, I got I picked up some special truffle cheese and I was making sliders with truffle cheese instead of the regular cheese. Yeah, hell yeah! Just because I just brought some truffle cheese. Yeah, and then I also brought some really great um, Alaskan cod halibut, Ooh, and I did yeah. some fish and chips and some Baja fish tacos, soft tacos. Uh, was this at yeah, home? Benders last night. No, uh, no, no. I, my, oh, look at where you. Where I have a deep fryer at my disposal. I love that deep. I tried to do deep, deep fried cheese sticks with the truffle cheese, but it's really hard. You have to watch it because it at one point it just kind of pops out, and then it. Blah, 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 blah. So you got to get it right before that time. It's a real timing issue. And you got to watch it. You can't turn around. I took an order, and then I turned around. And I'm like, ah, fuck. Then I had to clean the fryer out. 
I'm like, I'm really proficient on the fryer now. You're I'm turning great. into Martha Stewart. No, no. I used to be more Martha, Martha E than I am now. Well, I mean, you still bake. I used bake. to be married. Oh, I love baking. Yeah. yeah. You bake with wheat. Well, so yeah. does she now, too. Yeah, Martha. Yeah. She. I mean, I, you I love Martha. I love everything she's ever done. I. All my heroes are dead. That's true. She's my hero. That's going to probably be one of my next tattoos. I'll get a nice, maybe on my upper arm up here, I'll get a nice big portrait Martha. of Martha Stewart. You you know, you're going to have to post that and then try to tag her and hopefully she'll see that. Yeah. And she'll and be send like, send you some lovely, a nice crisp sheet. She'll be like, this bitch is crazy. She's like the bitches I was in jail with. <laughs> No, that means Don't, she'll be fond of you. She's yeah. got she's got some street cred, man. Respect, Martha. Respect. Most respect. Too bad we won't see what's his face in jail. Do you think he'll ever go to jail? Forty five. After. No, I think that he'll Epstein out. I think that he'll. Epstein. I think that he'll. I think that he'll. I think he'll pull. I think he'll That's pull one one. of these. <laughs> oh wait. And Epstein out. Look at that. Look he'll at pull, that. He'll pull one of these. Ladies and gentlemen on the podcast, yeah. she has a wonderful shirt of DT shooting himself. Yeah. Mr. 45. But I think that but that's... But he's too much. He's, he's, that's what Ed Hill Epstein out. You think... If he gets... If they try to put him in prison, there's no way he'll go. There's no way. I mean... No way. I, I'm, I'm really having my fingers crossed for a stroke. I mean, natural a causes. Stroke. <gasps> you know you what? Know. Okay, so bringing up the circus music, wouldn't <laughs> that be crazy? Because I've been hearing that he never wanted to be president anyway. No, maybe no, he they'll didn't. do one of those. Remember that movie Dave, where the president dies and then they have the they have Kevin the fake Clark. one coming in, yeah. Kevin, and they like they did it. But it'll be the opposite of that. They'll like fake his death so that he can disappear and just disappear. It won't like it wouldn't be a real death that then they they. If you remember the movie, like they had a real death and then they brought him in and they had to fake his death at the end. But they'll just fake his death at the beginning so that he can just disappear. I forgot. Was it Sigourney Weaver in that movie? No. It, yes, it was Sigourney Weaver. It was. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. I the wish... other one I like who's older and she's, I think she's gorgeous still. Annette Benning. Annette Benning. Yep. Because she is, doesn't have her face all fucked up. She's natural. She's just natural. There's a, there's a couple like older actresses that I really have always appreciated. Gina Davis, I just saw recently, but she had a lot of work done. But she still looks incredible. She, still looks she was in that second season of Glow, and yeah, she was an old showgirl, and she came out in a show. I'm like, Jesus Christ, she looks great. She does. She's got to be like over 70. and I, No, she's 60-something. Well, God bless 62. her. She looks amazing. You know who looks terrible, which I noticed she's been aging? Um, Melania. Oh, I've noticed that. Well, the stress of poor Melania. I, I mean, I Jesus can tell Christ. like her face is like like her doctor she's she's, she's a battered woman i mean my god show us on the doll where he touched you are you okay <laughs> no. blink twice if you need help she can't blink. are you okay i mean <laughs> too much botox yeah she can't blink she can't even blink to let us know that she's in trouble i'm sorry melania i just i just i'm sorry baron i'm sorry <laughs> i'm not sorry you knew what you're signing up for bitch well i, I guess did she? I mean, do yes. mail order brides know? Like, do trophy wives truly know well, what they're signing see. up for? There Should, can was they come out and Ivana, first wife? Right. There was Marla Staples. Marla Maples. Marla Maples. Yeah. And then she's number three. So yeah, you should have known, bitch. Third wife, eyes down. Yeah. And then now I you're know the first lady. Yeah. Can you? You've I mean, let's think of it the opposite way. Like, can you? If okay, so you're you. I'm me. And you're the same age as Melania. No, you're little. Melania is my age. Okay, so I'm me and Melania are the same age. Would I, But she, 
married him when she was your age. So you're yeah. you, and there's a guy who's 30 years your senior. Who has a small mushroom dick. It, and he's not the best looking guy, but you're hot as fuck. And he's paid. Do you, do you go with that? Do you go with the power? Do you go with the money? <sighs> do you say, because you're you right now. You're 36. You're gorgeous. You get the opportunity. Would you... Would I make a money move? Would you make a money move for a person 30 years? Which you, do you know what that life's going to be like? What do you have to do? How often do you have to suck his dick? What's going on? Like, would she you could have got more better, richer guys than that? I mean, <laughs> and better looking, but she, this is what she was presented, presented with. And so she went for it. Do I, and then I try to switch the tables. Like, let's say I'm me, except mm-hmm. I'm 45. Okay. Yeah. I'm 45. Let's say there's a, 23-year-old. I used to make jokes about 23-year-olds when I was 36, but now that I'm like 45, that it's kind of gross. It's like I could be, I could literally be their mother. But let's say... What's a milk? Let's pretend that I have power and money. Okay. And that there's a 23-year-old and I'm like, I fancy you, young man. <laughs> and would they... Would they be like, yeah, I'll sleep with this crusty old bitch who's going through early stage menopause? Like, yeah, I'll wake up next to wrinkles and gray hair. But you wouldn't be crusty. I'm going through early. I just missed my first period for menopause. I'm turning 45 next month. It's scary. I'm getting to the crust. But you're not crusty. Look, we just said Gina Davis, damn it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And you have your natural face. Let's say if Gina Davis is Gina Davis, would a 23-year-old date Gina Davis? And is that okay? I mean, I said, go girl. Like, do your thing. I would say go girl because, in fact, men do it all the time. Right. And and it's just a boy, you know, rather than like, I don't, women with older, younger guys don't take advantage of them as much in contrast to older men with younger girls because older men with younger girls usually pick up younger girls because they're afraid women that are mature already we know what we want yeah but they also don't think we're pretty enough like i think that that's their insecurity i I think that old old fat 45 (laughs) gravitates constantly to young women because he feels like a loser old schlub and that maybe it's a status symbol like it's the younger thing, the yeah. younger woman that you're with and the more beautiful she is and and that he owned the Miss USA pageant and like was surrounding himself with young women that he could judge it's almost like it's almost it's so scary to me because it's like this internal well, it's co- sort of gross like I just you know the fact of the matter is just like what Stormy Daniels said about mm. his dick she like, did say so. She came out and said stuff about his tiny wiener. Yeah, last year, like when um, oh, that's it was on, uh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> she said it kind of had a head, like the head looked like a mushroom. Mm. So I mean, and then yeah, and well, they plus, all do. I think plus the circumcised dicks look like mushrooms. Yeah, but it was a small mushroom. Sure, she sure, said. sure, sure, sure. But, but also, two men like that are selfish lovers. So you're not right, getting anything right. out of that. Right. It's just all about him. And once he's done, he's just like, okay, I'm going. Well, does it? 
do. Does it do matter? It. Does it? Why have we? And that's a thing I feel terrible for men Gross. that there's a societal, that there's a societal measuring stick, and it is their <laughs> dick. Their dick is a societal measuring stick, and I feel I feel terrible for them that that's a thing that they have no control over, and yet it's something that somehow determines their personality or mm-hmm. how they exist and how they interact with the rest of the world. I don't really understand that because I'm a woman, and we don't have although, dicks. But I I feel like we're constantly judged on our entire appearance. They're judged on a thing that you don't you only sometimes get to see whereas we're judged constantly on everything you see and so our personalities can be changed and and formed and and molded through that external judgment that's on this externality right where they take something that should be private and then they internalize it and because we don't know if they have a small dick or not. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Usually I can tell though, and I'm pretty right the majority of the time. And and so and but and, and those people usually have lots of money or they're having a flashy car. And and so yeah. if they're overcompensating for their big small gun. dick by doing these other things, that somehow is a change in their personality based on something that so why do we make boys shower all together so that they can measure up against one another and say, wow, he's got a big dick. That guy's important or whatever. Because honestly, I don't, I don't really understand. I don't understand. I, I would be interested in listening in on a meeting or doing some kind of room talk. Well, not just locker room talk, but it could even be like a, a sociology project of like, Men with small dicks talking to men with small dicks about their small dicks. Men with big dicks talking about their big dicks to other men with big dicks. And a room with both where no one knew if their dicks were big or small. But we did. Like the people who were <laughs> doing the, that were doing the analysis. And there could be some kind of, is there a, is there a pattern that it is personality judgeable based on the size of one's penis or how they interact with one another or and then take those same people and put them in a room with women and see and like watch and measure that like, does it really matter there's so many dick jokes so many people constantly talking about we're talking about it right now. now and why and what and does it make a difference like I think it's to me sometimes it's I feel like it's derogatory just like how they judge us on our looks and our weight sure and you know how we look can be the way they judge us can be derogatory so i like to play fair yeah and so i play fair yeah i play fair on the size of your dick (laughs) i don't like that big i mean i've been with dudes where i've can't i'm like i can't have sex with you i it is it's too, too big that, I can't, that it's is gonna, true if it's that's a, a compliment or not it's i'm not, about not having going a to big have sex dick. with you it's about just being a man that's i mean basically i mean it's it, honestly it's not about the size of your pee pee but it, also no. two men with power that boast around and that do you know like you know a lot of people with money somewhat that are flashy that overcompensate or you know they have the biggest guns or the right. the flashiest cars it's sure. just like it's like it's it's okay do you want a hug do you want a hug i mean i really think we have to hug junior high boys more and i know that that's not <laughs> cool and your people say like why would you say that i used to teach emotionally disturbed junior high boys and it's okay. You can hug them if other people, and it's not, it doesn't have to, sometimes 
they just need a hug and yet they're taught like we don't need hugs but then they're so angry and it's like but you don't have to be angry and they can't express and they can't show love and but then that's gay or that's this or I'm not a uh, uh, uh. and sometimes you just got to be like sweetheart it's gonna be okay like <laughs> hug a junior high boy but I know you can't that's per- it's not pedophilia you have to blame me too on that because we can't touch nobody or I say mean, shit anybody to know now we really mm. I feel like don't we touch ha- but we have so many school shooters because there is a whole contingency of boys that they get all of a sudden they get all these hormones they're 11 no one's recognizing them it's we talked about it last week the boy who shot his family oh, and yes. and all that stuff and it's so scary and maybe if he was getting some hugs from some teachers at school or if we could like normalize expressing your feelings so that this didn't happen you sound like a hippie i'm sorry i'm a fucking hippie but and i don't i'm no, not but... like reach out and touch someone without consent but i feel like you can <laughs> i feel like you can you can nurture i don't know That's i have a funny. soft spot in my heart for junior high boys and i think that as a society we've neglected them and we've pushed them to the side and said sack up man up young man you're gonna be just fine and they're like you know my mom's a meth addict and my dad's an alcoholic and I'm watching these things on TV and no one at school likes me and my dick is smelly and I don't know what to do and every morning I've got dirty socks and I come on myself and oh my god and not that I want to talk with junior high boys about this but I just want to be like hey man everything's gonna be it's gonna be okay and well, also too, the internet raises a lot of them too. And like when you ta- speaking of like the school shooters and stuff, I'll even go back to like uh, my era of Columbine. Um, a lot of they were outcasts. A lot of these people are outcasts, as well as the fact. Well, now with the internet, speaking you, of four twenty. That's when that Columbine happened on four twenty. Also Hitler's birthday. I keep going about Columbine. Um. Being an outcast means something. So you find something that you felt. For example, a lot of these the shooters recently, within the past what five years, like have found something on the internet, or they went to a group that is some kind of a hate group, incels, incels, or some kind of white supremacist group, like the anti-humanist movement. Although they're doing kind of tongue in cheek with that, but still. Yeah, I mean, so I mean. It's all out there. It's it's the out there. So you have the people like the internet raising a lot of these boys. <laughs> well, we're giving twelve year olds the internet. That thing that you're watching this on right now, that we give that to twelve year old boys, and we say, well, there's parental controls give, on it. You give it to younger kids now. Yeah, they're giving it to. So you're when you give a child the internet that they can hold in their hands. There's no, they can hide under the covers. They can go in the bathroom. They can see all the disgusting things that exist in the world on the internet. And they have no concept of filter or right or wrong or, or context, or you give them all the porn. We're giving 12 year old boys all the porn. And then we go, gee, I wonder why they don't respect women. Like, because they have no context. They have no context of what respecting women is because they watch them getting, you know, butt fucked by four guys, you know, or whatever they're into. I don't, I mean, you know what's in the porn world. I'm like, I, do. I don't, I don't I know. Do. And, and people do. keep talking lately about, like I'm old or whatever, and I and I have some self deprecation about like oh, old and who wants to fuck me. Well, I mean my boyfriend obviously, but with the 
these younger guys, MILF porn is very, very hot. It's very, that's you. And so, I know, and that's my age group, which is like, oh, no. But, I, okay, I'm going to say something about that one, though. So, is it like a pity fuck? Like, no, what it's is not. It? I kind of like the fun. fact that, well... The only thing I don't like when it comes to the milk porn is like stepmom, uh, all, that all that stuff is gross. Stuff, yeah, gross, that's gross. Gross, gross, gross. But the milk stuff I like because mothers never got the love. Like they mothers, they didn't find mothers sexy. You know, having children and seeing a woman with her kids that looks great was never sexy right. until like within the past five, ten years. Sure. So I believe in the MILF uh, movement, like the mothers I like to fuck. Yeah, hell yeah. Now, it well, depends what kind of porn on MILF that we're watching. I mean, I like some. I like the idea that people are considering women of a more advanced age still sexy because right. I have talked to younger comedians. Uh, he doesn't do comedy anymore. He's doctor. I don't have to. I'm kind of semi quoting him. David, I know you're out there. He gave us the broom. I won't say his last name, but he said once even on a podcast that he's not sexually attracted to women who don't have the ability to have a baby. And I'm like, you're an ageist fuckbag. And, and I was like, so, but do you mean like if someone's had their tubes tied, you don't find that sexy? He's like, yeah, if they, it's only, he's only interested in having sex with women who can potentially get pregnant. And I'm like, fuck you. Oh, I remember you told remember? me Remember? Like, yeah. but that's just, that's my own insecurity. But, but what saying, if you've like, had I'm kids? Old. No, but what if, and I'm talking about those who've had, had or have not or can have kids yeah like they for example you you sometimes nanny i you push a stroller once in a while yeah and i'm sure there's like some dude like look at that hot milf i love mother's day i love being around mother's day when i'm (laughs) nannying because i will take every fucking compliment i will take every single one of you have a beautiful baby happy mother's day yeah thank you you and your baby are beautiful yes on any other sort of week or time period i'll be like i'm the nanny and they'll be like you're a great nanny and i'm like thank you but around that mother's day time i will take every single compliment you're a great mom yes i am thank you (laughs) <laughs> like absolutely i like that but, but, I, I mean it's nice to like i i, I think that's intriguing but also too, nod. but i also think there's another see the 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 gutter in me is starting to come out like when you have men that come up oh you have such a beautiful child and you so are you like you're like oh you use a, you using my baby to get to me huh and then and then we burgeon into you know cat calling versus complimenting and, and right. unwanted attention i mean do that's I, not cat call cat no it's calling. not i yeah. mean it's I mean, I guess cat calling is... Hey, girl. Hey. Well, well, it's unwanted attention. It's it's someone expecting your attention when they didn't earn it in any way. Like, they're demanding your attention, and they didn't... They weren't politely asking for it. They were overtly and not... Like, when a guy was like, fuck you, ugly bitch. It's like, that's still catcalling. It's a negging catcalling, and I guess they're doing that now. But he was asking for my attention without permission to do so. And so it's like, fuck your face. (laughs) Like, you can... But if you want to be a nice guy, I have a joke about it. And he... I mean, I walked down the street, and I'll never forget it. He said, girl, you've been living a long time to look 22. And I'm like, thank you. You... You asked for my attention in a really nice way, and I'm gonna give you something. That was I'm like, smooth. I'm gonna give that you a smooth. nice smile. That was fucking smooth. That, that was, was smooth. a compliment. Yeah. No problem with compliments. Let me tell you what happened to my friend. So my friend uh, 
Ty was just here over the weekend and we went to go see Janet Jackson. It was amazing. Oh, that's amazing. Um, so, but while I was at work, she was walking around in my neighborhood. I live on third street. And so she was walking to get something to eat. And some dude, um, who, you know, that has the orange vest that picks up the trash was trying to get her attention. And she was just, you know, walking along. She's like, okay, all right, bye. But not like a DPW, like a, I fucked up and I'm picking up trash. Oh, like a orange vest. Like orange vest. Dudes. I made a mistake. Yeah, I'm doing my public service. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that kind of so guy. Not an employed, technically employed person by the city. Right. So she went. She went to go eat. The guy found uh, found her, and he knocks on the window, as she's eating her lunch, and she's like, "Wait, what? What the fuck?" He, then he comes in. And sits down where she's eating and was like trying to like, you know, can I get your number, blah, blah, blah. That's gone too far, dude. Now you're interrupting my lunch. And then she's, you know, she's just trying to like, okay, yeah, brush it off and like getting, getting the fuck out of there. Then she like walks away, leaves, and then he follows her. Oh no, that's like stalking. And that takes it to like a... Like a, I want to get the police involved. Kind yeah. Of. So she's like, I had to take another way to get back to the house because you I didn't want, want him to know. You. Yeah. First of all, you don't be knocking on the window when I'm trying to eat and then invite yourself to my lunch Mm-mm. and you ain't going to pay. Mm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean thanks. I, oh, wait, that, wait, was, wait. that last statement took a little bit out of feminism. I know. But it's, okay. <laughs> it's okay. But here's the, here's the thing. Oh, so I forgot to mention the one important thing, but the funny thing. When he found her again, he found her again. Yeah. Well, before going back, when he um, when she left, and then she walked away, and then he found her again. Yeah. Uh huh. Why was he dragging a trash can and like, wait, wait, miss, miss? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Ah. It's like he he feels like he somehow deserves. She is required, but somehow he had an expectation that she was required to pay attention to him, and that is. Catcalling. That's basically saying, I deserve your attentions for whatever reason. You don't deserve anyone's attention. You're harassing me. You're harassing somebody. And, you know, in that case, what would it, I would, I try to be more um, outspoken lately about if I feel that I'm wronged. And if something like that happened to me, I hope that I would stand up and say, I need help. This person's harassing me. Can somebody document Bitch, I this? harassing you. And say, I really, I feel like I need some help and some protection. If you could help escort this gentleman out. That and was, just that's say the white lady. Nice That's white lady the nice dude. white. Is that the nice white lady yeah, way to do because, it? All right. Because usually I'm like, fuck off. Or motherfucking, you don't know me. And then I walk real fast. But yeah. now I got to be cautious about doing that yeah, shit Yeah, because now. then you look like the crazy person. No, no, no. Because now there have been incidents of men who can't stand rejection that have been either cutting women what? or beating them up. Or one woman, I remember, I think got shot or what have you because rejected. Because she wasn't paying attention to a person who thought that he deserved her attention. Yeah, there's been some fucking stories. That's the thing. That's that's when, and guys don't seem to understand that, and our president doesn't seem to understand that. He doesn't seem to understand that his behavior trickles down and lets everyone know that it's okay to treat women as objects. It's okay because they're not really real, because we aren't real people with real feelings, and we can be picked up and moved at any time, and you can tell us what to do, and you can fuck us whatever way you want no we're people and if we aren't but are we doing that like we are we're saying that some people's have value and some people don't and we're constantly doing that and 
bitch. I mean, am I a hippie fucking crunchy bitch that I'm like? Not all the time. Everybody should love each other, and we should celebrate each other's differences, and not like well, expect people's attentions. My my thing is this. First of all, men. Has that shit ever worked by following a woman and knocking on the window and inviting yourself and then dragging a trash can behind you or being like, hey, girl, hey, hey, well, I, he, I suck your titties. What like, was he getting out of that, though? That's the thing is he continues. He's getting clowned. <laughs> He's getting clowned. You're clowning but were yourself. people around noticing? Were there people? Yeah. And yeah. Were they, but no one wanted to help? No, I mean you're on third street it's oh. it happens i mean and here's another thing black women we get used to this and no one likes to help black women anyway i mean sorry we are the most disrespected it's true of women there's i mean and, and the problem is that if you we're over sexualized and, and they, so or angry you're either over sexualized yeah. or angry yeah or we're you know we can we we could do this we don't need our, no one's help that's false but i mean the fact of the matter is just like the stereotypes. It's just, yeah. Sorry. No. That sucks no, though that those stereotypes follow you around. I mean, but it, it's also made men <laughs> feel like it's easy to just approach us and talk to us in any way and being like, oh, okay. Like also too that same week, she and I were like going down on Third Street and this, we saw this dude slowly just following this girl in this car and she didn't know him she was trying to ignore him and we we're just like look at this bullshit like are you serious yeah. and he was just like talking out of his car trying to get her number and she's just ignoring him and just walking straight it's, and minding her business and he couldn't get the fucking hint i don't want you but it's you dusty it's a it's it's an entitlement issue. It's that they think that they're worth more than that person and that person should be paying attention to them. And why aren't you paying attention to me? You need to be paying attention to me. And right has now. this worked before? It keeps, but it keeps going because they feel entitled to that person's attention. And they can't let that go because now I'm now now you're dissing me or that's a t I don't even know the terminology. <laughs> no, please say day. please say this. I like me. I like so, <laughs> so fuck your face. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna double down hard on this. Well, you till you pay attention to me, I'm dragging a trash can until you pay attention to me. <laughs> Because I deserve it and you should never touch it to me because you're worthless. But that's the thing. I'm going to get that coochie. But it's, <laughs> why are they devaluing your humanism? Because it's they weren't raised correctly. Or here's another thing I started to think about recently, too. Maybe they've it's worked before on a couple of stupid, silly bitches and they because they don't realize their self-worth mm. and they're allowing that. And now they think, oh, I've gotten my girls this way before. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. Because there are a lot of women that have very low self-esteem who what that's our of, fault. That's society's fault. That's what we did by putting a stereotype that if you're an African-American lady, that you have to either be um angry or a great singer or a super sexy dancer or I mean the, the stereotypes that are put upon you are I, I never really think about that like because you're not a black lady, because so I'm, I'm not yeah. I know but it's that's hard and if and if you if the society tells you that this is where you find your worth and maybe you aren't being told that you're a you're I not would, giving be, give, being given the opportunity. Yeah, to if do you don't anything. have the tools, you don't have the tools. Tool, yeah, or the or like the parental skills that your parents were supposed to give you, you know, to know your self worth or all of that. Yeah. And then the society's mm. saying that if you're not good at these things, then you don't have any worth. And then you walk down the street and people act like you don't have worth. Well, it all compiles, and then there we go. So it's yeah. 
I feel I feel terrible. I feel complicit in the cycle. I mean, but I don't know how to stop it. It's kind of fucked up, but I've you know. I used to use that a lot in my comedy when I was doing comedy, which I need to go back to. That's something that's Please missing. Come back. Please yeah. come back. I, that's something that's been missing. But anyway, um, I remember there was a time, like I've, the, most, most of the places, the establishments that I've worked at have been predominantly white. And so, and most of them have been the hospitality industry. And I do recall many, many times of men, and this includes all men, but so even white dudes coming up to me, singing like some hip hop song and saying, hey girl, and he looks like a Chad or some shit. He doesn't look like someone that's from, has any street cred, but he feels like he can go BET MTV with me. <laughs> and they get my- men. <laughs> Boys to men. <laughs> ABC, ABCBBD. <laughs> uh, that feels okay. For example, when I was working in the marina, a, a group of six white dudes, I come up and I'm like, "Hey, how are you guys doing?" I'm, I was at work, so bar- bartending, and so I come up and then they start singing. They start singing Drake's uh, "Hot Hotline Bling." All of them, and I'm like, "What is this?" Are they a boy band? That's cute. That's actually kind of no. <laughs> I feel like they, I'm like, I know See, what this that's is. Me. You know what? <laughs> I I, th- I would have thought it was cute when I was 25, when I was Sweet. stupid than goalie. But the fact of the matter that I've learned and I've seen, like, oh, this shit ain't cute. I ooh, there's a little. I, you, this do, is a microaggression. This is microaggression. This Subtle is a micro. Racism. Yeah, this is a microaggression Subtle that I have. Ooh, child. And I'm like, ooh, child. And then he and I remember them saying like, "Hey, girl, hey," and I'm like, "No, my name is Sharif, aka Latoya, um, and how are you guys? We're not yeah, doing. Are we this. getting a drink? What yeah, doing, I'm like, buddies? we're not doing this. Yeah. I know because there ain't too many black girls that work in the marina, so no, you don't have to go BET MTV with me. Mm. But that is also but you can tip me yeah <laughs> but i also like i like to throw that into the bag of like kind of like the cat call disrespect or of, you know you have has this worked before question mark bag theory so and i cat calling is interesting because i finally understand it in that i have a cat that i try to call so my my old dead cat spike May he rest in kitty heaven forever. God bless cat, him in the pantheon of cats. I miss you, Spike. You were the best. He would come when I called him. I'd say, Spike, come over here. And he was a very like, yeah, of course I'm here. I'm all in your face and I love you. But my new cat is not like that because all cats are different and that's okay. But I try to cat call him and he doesn't come. I kiss at him. I... I have to pick him up without consent. He doesn't like it. He, I'm like, I'm see, holding you like a baby. I see this metaphor. But that's the thing. I'm literally catcalling now. And it doesn't work. Because if I ask for his permission to come over, it's like, come over, come over. And he's not doing it. And I kiss Come here, come here, baby kitty, baby kitty. I love you. I love you, baby kitty. Nothing happens. And so I have to like follow him and pick him up and turn him into a baby and be like, I love your kitty. I love you. And I kiss his little face. I kiss his little kitty mouth. And I love you, love you, love you. And he eventually purrs. And then he goes, because he's done, right? <laughs> but I'm picking up my cat without consent. I'm a dude. 
I'm catcalling. Yeah. I'm literally catcalling. And then following through. I bet the guy with the trash gag want, pat, trash bag wanted to put the cat in the bag. He's like, I'm going to put the cat in the bag. I wanted some of that I'm pussy in the bag. bag. I wanted to put the pussy in the bag. Why do we have so many cat metaphors? <laughs> put the cat in the that bag. That is true. Let the, and they're so cat mean. Call. Cat Cat out of the bag. Pussy. Cat call. Put, I mean, I get like, why were we, why were we hating on cats so Catatonic. much? Catatonic. Why were we putting cats in bags? Who would put a cat in a bag? You assholes. More than one way to skin a cat. Why do you want to skin cats? Okay, that is. What is wrong with you? That's, that statement's always disturbed me. It's, all of it's disturbing. And I guess. Skin a cat. Are, why? Don't skin a cat. Women are pussies. Women are pussies. Except oh. that pussies, except that pussy. This is another thing that I get very up in arms about. But, um, I have to change the song. Um, wow! I get very up in arms about the calling pussies because a pussy cat, I get it, and but they're calling women pussies. But cats are the strongest animals ever. They have nine lives because when they purr, they like fucking heal themselves. They can have eight kittens at once. They go and find food for all of them. They wash themselves. They wash themselves. Kittens are born with teeth and they breastfeed, so they have teeth on their nipples. And the motherfuckers will never and die. They nice. what? They take care of their babies. They're amazing. They're pussies. And and then we say well. Pussy means weakness. And it's like, no. I look at every example of pussy. It's like strength. A, a baby can come out of a pussy? That's nuts. That's fucking bananas. You know, I'm gonna. A baby comes out of our body and then we go like, you're pussy. We should, all men who get yeah, called pussy should be like, that is a huge compliment, my friend. I'd rather be a pussy than a dick. That's just me. Yeah, I mean, I just wish I had all the rights and privileges that were given to people with dicks. And I guess I'm told, I think that's another cognitive dissonance that I deal with a lot, is that I've been told since I was young that men are men and women are equal. And yet I don't feel that. It's not. And it's and not. I I mean, okay, I enjoy being a lady, but I identify more with dudes. Like I identify as a dude. And and I I would be really interested, like it would I would like to almost imagine myself and take myself through a fictional journey of what would my life have been like if I was a boy, and I think that it would be much different, and that my skills and abilities would be more appreciated, and would have been championed by more people if you were a man if i was a dude if i was a man and i i kind of agree with that because i feel like maybe my career would have been something else if i was a male or what have you or would i have taken my sports a little bit more seriously to get a scholarship um or you know just or actually, i would have been a professional ballerina but, if i was a boy but also, and i would have loved it but here's another thing being a black male. Mm. Whoa, would you trade? Oh, this is a really interesting question. Okay, so I honestly would like to think about if my whole life, if I was a boy, and what would that be like? That'd be amazing. A white boy? Me. Just me with a dick. You got authority. Me with a dick and no boobs. Like, what would that have meant? You're atop of the privilege chain. Or, white women are under it. <laughs> but So you you would be the head honcho of white privilege. But if I was still the same, like if I was still 5'5", five five, and I was still like sort of this body type, so I'd be kind of a wimpy dude. But if I was a dude, no, you would, be would I have a Napoleon complex? No, I think you'd be, you'd probably still have the same personality or what have you, and you'd probably be a hoe. 
I won't be a boss, baby. Yeah, you'd um, probably be a hoe. You'd be like, yeah, I'm like, I'm good looking too and fucking funny. I, catch. Well, I'd be short, and so then that might be the, the thing I'd have to deal with. That if I wrote a novel, that would be an interesting premise, I think. Okay, so let's go back to Latoya. If you had the opportunity, a black what if you had been a black man? Was that better or worse than being a black woman? Wow. Or would you rather be a white man? Would you would you choose white boy? If you could choose a gender and a race to be born, what would you have chosen? Is this a ra- this is a super racist question? No, it's not. <laughs> I just think it's I a don't think it is. Okay, good. Well, we're talking about people, race and gender. I, I think people think about this sometimes, but they don't like to talk about it. I I'm honestly honestly. I actually enjoy being a black woman. I know it sounds cheesy. I don't want to be a. Uh, I don't want to be a white man because. Str- what do you, no, wait. All right. Oh wait, 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 yeah, wait, no, wait, you wait. get to choose your gender, wait, wait. your Are we whatever. Straight white male, gay white male. Because sure. let's. You choose. We have to talk you about this. choose. Are no. you a cisgendered? Do you turn into a cisgendered white male boy who becomes a male? <laughs> with with you, but your same personality and everything that's you. Yeah. What do you choose? Do you choose a gay white person, or do you go with? Just stick yourself. You know, part of me would be say, wants to say a gay black dude, but there oh. are so many issues in the community that mm. it's already hard enough as being a black woman, period. So I am happy in this shell. All right. I'm happy in the shell. Sometimes I think about being a Latina, but also, too, Latinos, part, depends where you are, they have that African blood. So not far off. So I'm actually happy being a black because you have afro latinas and if you know. i was i'm trying to think if i would be a straight male or a gay male see that is another be, question yeah seriously so if i was choosing i'm gonna stay i'm gonna stay white um <laughs> i'll keep that i'll keep all that privilege like it going with it I mean, I'd like maybe a few less freckles or, or double down on the freckles and get a little, have the hair be more red. So you're styling your dude. I'm styling my dude now. (laughs) It's like building, building a man. This is like weird science. Yeah. Kind of like. (laughs) Would I rather, would I be gay or straight? You know, I'd probably be gay. Now it'd be gay in the modern time, right? It'd be, it'd be the yeah, same life we live. Let's, let's, same yeah, time yeah. Let's stick to the modern time, because yeah, there's no way in hell. Same time period. I was born in 1974. I'm a young, hopefully more red-haired, gay boy. And you still be a hoe. And I'd be, but that's I become. <laughs> but that's because I'd become a ballerina. The same life. I'd take the same choices. I'd be like, all right, I'm doing ballet, and I'd love ballet. And then, uh, I'd be. A professional ballerina because I'd be instead of being a mediocre girl, I would have been great as a little boy. They would have been like, "Look at this boy! You can do triple turns!" But, but wow, you, been- you know what you would have had to deal with though? Would have made you stronger though? It made you stronger. Call, being called a fag all the time. Yeah, <laughs> a ballet fag. I'd be yeah. like, "Yes, I am around the ladies all day." And especially in the era and like living in where you did and how your family that would be like you would have to go through the hardships. Well, but also too, that would make you stronger. But then I'd have a different. It's funny because I'd, I'd identify with different... Like right now, the majority of my friends are dudes, right? Dude, dudes, like dude, like dudes, right? But if I grew up as a gay boy and I was a ballerina, I'd be friends with... I'd have all friends that were girls. 
And I've never had friends that are girls because it'd be like I'd be around girls all the time, but I'd be unthreatening because I was a boy and like I'd be good at what I was doing and so they'd like me, but they didn't. There was no sexual tension and it'd be amazing. And then I'd actually have friends that were girls and I don't even I know what that's some, like at all. You had some guy friends. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I would think so because yeah. I'm still myself and I'd still be like fucking liking death drinking metal your, yeah, and drinking being your IPAs, a bag and yeah. drinking beer. I mean, I guess if I'd been a professional ballerina though, I wouldn't have ever had time for that. I'd be all in shape and... They, they drink beer and do drugs, mostly drugs. Well, though. because they, I mean, they have, to, they have to watch what's, weight. their body is a machine. Yeah. And that and machine dances and that dance machine needs to have good food and not a lot of beer, no cigarettes. But here's something else if you were <laughs> a, a gay life. white male, here's something that you could at least identify with, the fact of people being disenfranchised, being hated, oh, uh-huh. being not accepted being the others right the other you know so you could identify with a little bit more of what i what certain people on marginalized groups go through sure uh, not and not just women but yeah, yeah. larger marginalized yeah groups. so because, if i would have been a straight white boy little boy and that's the question too how would it i think that i still would have been marginalized because i would be short and dorky because i'm like, but you still have the top dog privilege. I know, but also, I don't know what would happen because I've always been kind of annoying you're, to everybody. You're a white straight male, but... But if I was an you, annoying straight male, would you, that be better than being an annoying straight female? Annoying is just annoying. That's true. I could true. be annoying. Wow. I mean, there are a lot of people. But I mean, also, <laughs> but also too, if you were a, a white straight male in the shell, you would at least have compassion. I don't think you would have been raised. Well, would I? That's the thing. How much shit. is nature and how much is nurture? Because I have to think about your past and who you, you know, how you grow up is how things affect you. Right. You know, to this very day. Like, would you been popular or would you have, like, you know, your own geek squad? Would I still have been a cheerleader? I would have been a boy cheerleader. I would have loved it. I would have if loved you being a boy gay, cheerleader. Yeah, even if, you know, if I... They wouldn't well, allow that. I was no, straight, not, at, not at that Christian school. Not at that time. I went to uh, high school. They would have. They would have been okay with it. But so? um, Yeah, of course. Boy cheerleaders were a thing. We saw them when we go to camp. We'd be like, look at the boy cheerleaders. They can actually do lifts. And in college, boy cheerleaders are real. You, it's you a real thing. called a fan. But if I was a straight... Now, if you were a straight white guy and you were into cheerleading and you were with all the girls, then you'd be like, I'm the coolest. I'm with all the girls. Like, wh- are you kidding me? Like, I think w- you would have been a, a football player or someone else. Oh, that I'm too small. No, I'm five, five. To, to compensate for that. As a male. Maybe maybe soccer. Soccer, yeah. Because I'm so... Yeah, fast. But no, I'm not fast. I was just a long-distance runner. I can run for a long time. So soccer was good because I can so I can run around for a long time. He would have been a time. soccer player. <laughs> and I, I mean, I probably would have been able to embrace the aggression that is in my spirit more if I was a cisgendered boy growing up. This is crazy. I, I do. I, I appreciate this conversation, actually, because these are things that we don't think about. I mean, what I don't would you be. I don't. Yeah, because people there are people actually that could name it on the spot. Sure. Like a lot of black people would be like, oh, I just want to be a white dude just for one day. And I could understand that because just to say it's just to have that feeling of no one fucking with you. When you call the police, they actually help you. Sure. Um, you know, you not getting looks at 
you know people following you in stores right sure you know having having so many options and privileges so i i love when i hear certain black people be like oh shit just for a day other than that i'll go to my black ass you know i want to it's one of those i was just thinking though would would anybody choose asian woman or like would what would what would what what do people I think what would so. they choose? I, yeah, I think not? so, especially in San Francisco, because that's those are the only girls that get play anyway. So <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so all of that it just societally the the shells that we're poured into somehow make a difference on who we are as people and how we're in this hierarchical level of this particular country. I'm telling you, when I went abroad People are so different, and it's like I think that but I think they also that our don't have much of a melting pot in contrast to what we have. I think though that our privilege in the United States makes us worry about smaller, more insignificant things because we have more time to focus on bullshit. Do you know? Does that make sense? What do you mean? That we things are so easy for us that we have time to stress about how we're perceived on Instagram. You know, like... Yeah, like there are people that actually have... Our problems are called first world problems. Right, we have first, exactly, first world problems. You know, in contrast to certain places in the world that don't even get a, a, a computer or don't even have water. Oh wait, or clean water. Oh wait, that's us too. That's right. Ooh, God, we are turned into a third world country, but... I, I think, yeah, I, I, I think we do sweat the small shit a lot. And it makes us incredibly unhappy and confused. And, and doubt ourselves. Yeah. And because I think here it, in this country, we, we overthink things. Because we have time to overthink. Yeah. That's the only time you can't overthink. If you're busy, so yesterday I kind of had a meltdown, a personal, I've been sort of melting down a little bit recently. I'm having cognitive dissonance with reality and perception. Oh, no. And like I had a Cobb set on Friday and I was on stage and I thought I did amazingly. Oh yeah. And I didn't really know it. Well, Jonathan told me I was amazing, but I, it's hard for me to, he's biased. And like no one else really told me that I had a killer set. And I kept thinking, I had an amazing set. I had an amazing set. You practiced all week. I did. I practiced all week. And people, I didn't know if someone filmed me and they filmed me. And then I went back and I watched the film and it wasn't as good as I thought it was. And so now I'm like, is what I experience real or fake? My perception of things is off. And then I started thinking about time and age and what I'm doing and what I'm doing with the station and what I'm doing with comedy and is it good enough and does anything have meaning and it's really difficult because I'm experiencing I'm coming up against the wall that's always existed which is I am mediocre and yet in my mind I have the perception that I'm I'm an, I'm excellent but you're not but, mediocre but but I, but mm, so that's the cognitive. I watched the tape, and it was okay. But but know, I've been doing this for eight years. I should be better than that. But you know what? There are people that have shitty sets. But it wasn't shitty. It wasn't a shitty set. It just it was, wasn't as good as I thought it was. But you know what? The thing is, you're coming off a high from like New York, and also too your audience. 
the well, no, audience, the audience laughed and stuff. But, it but just, it, maybe it's because you you maybe I came across as like crazy and manic and not really likable. Just real like I'm performing. I'm perform. I don't know. It was. I think I think I've really been questioning. I'm very hard on myself, but that's the thing. I have too much time, so of course I'm hard on myself. And because I'm such a fucking narcissist, all I can do is think about myself. But so, I started focusing on other things, and everything's okay when I focus on work or I focus on something here. But when I have time, and I'm not focused, all I think about is what a pile of dog shit I am, and that, and I, and but that's like the time issue so I just got to stay busy but I think a lot of people come up against that that's a lot of us I don't like to be in my head space way too long because I start to think those negative thoughts those those dark things come to my mind and and is that I mean so that's heartening to hear that there are other people that have dark things that happen in because you know your potential and when you know you're like I can do better than this so why did I why did I have it like this this time push yourself bitch yeah that's what I I said to myself yesterday I'm like you can do better than this you need to do better than this and you're just pushing yourself more so you're being your own self-motivation but the thing is the good thing about it that to me that's healthy rather than being doesn't feel healthy I mean, it you could healthy at all. You could be delusional, like a lot of these motherfuckers that are walking That's around thinking you're not. Delu- trust me, you're not delusional. But I honestly feel delusional because I saw the my delusion is when your perception and reality differ. And so my perception when that was happening was I thought this was one of the best sets I've ever had. I knocked it out of the park, and I saw the video a couple days later, and I've had better sets. So. It just so it, that's the thing is my perception and my reality came together and they didn't join and so that's where I'm like that's delusion so I know that I'm delusional. No, you just worked really hard to make a really good set and you even added some new material and plus you did really awesome at the, when you had the sets in New York. Yeah. So it you it was just like one of those ones where it's just like okay, I need to let's you it it just needs work. I... And the thing is, you know that you now you know how many t- stories have you told me of like different comedians that get off the stage and think they're the shit, and they keep thinking that they're shit, the shit, and then even you're trying to be their cheerleader and you're hoping it's a work in progress, and they still think they're so conceited that you finally have to tell them. You're not good. <laughs> it's so you can't. It's so you can't. You, it's impossible to ever tell a person they're not and, that they're not funny. And when people do, it's just because everyone's senses of humor are completely different. I, Absolutely. The, oh, I saw a set of a guy once. He put on a dress and a wig, and he read "One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish" in Spanish. It killed in a funny, funny voice because it's creative. That's it was pretty, weird, yeah. but he committed to it. And it was like, fuck yeah, man. I think but not awesome. everybody thinks that's funny. So, right. you know. But I don't think ha- there are people that think they're funny because don't give me. First of all, in no, the, in I... comedy, you have to be a narcissist. You have to have an ego. You have to have, you know. Yeah, it's really hard. There's a lot of self, self, self things. Too and many self that things. go, yes, self deprecation. All that stuff goes into like the world of comedy and so sometimes you have those people that have too much of it and think they're funny and they're not but they they play the funny as by just using simple shit like dick and poop jokes 
I remember there was a time there was a slew, just a bunch of guys that would come here and just do dick and poop jokes. Oh, no, and they you still got to, are. Yeah. <laughs> that and Tinder jokes, pretty popular. You can listen. <laughs> the Joke greatest shops, Happy hour. Saturday or Sunday, daytime open mic. Go ahead. Listen to the dick jokes. Listen to the poop jokes. It's not changing. Nothing's, nothing's different. But that's the thing is, you know, it's great to see um, David Borey's. I was watching Comedy Central on the silent because I was at Milk Bar late and they had Comedy Central. And David Borey has a special coming out. And I, wow. and that's so exciting because he was, he was here at Mutiny Radio. I, and I should promote that. Like I, there's a picture of, and he's he was on a show that I booked back in the day. That's pretty and, dope. And uh, and it was David Borey, and he's amazing. And I'm, you know, I I wish him all the best. And I see that. And but when he was here, everybody loved him. It was one of those things. Everyone in the San Francisco scene loved him. Let's just say that like someday something actually happens to me. It's the, the San Francisco happen. scene wouldn't have the love. I wouldn't I don't think I'll ever get the love of the San Francisco scene. You and I have to stop I have to stop seeking it, I guess. You kill in New York? No, well, but so does everybody. I mean, I did I did a good thing, but I I hard. saw Well, I mean, it's the same I the comics that were here, there were some of them are doing the same thing over there now, so I mean, it's all we're all in this weird open mic sort of field and the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is part of that field. And um my point is that I'm, am I ever going to be a Hannibal Burris? Probably not. Am I ever going to be an Ali Wong? Geez, I wish, but not. I don't think so. But if I did, how many people would be like, yeah, Pam Benjamin, we loved her. And half of them would be like, fuck her. Like, I, th- I think the majority would be like, because even I, I, okay, so I don't mean to brag. I don't mean to boast, but we got 14 submissions already for the comedy festival. What? And I just put it out yesterday at noon. And we've had 14 submissions. And, and this is the third year. And there's a fifth year. And there's fifth year, a, then there's me. an integrated pay button. So everyone has to pay and I don't have to check them. <laughs> so much easier. I had to pay to debit. I'm trying to be a little bit more professional. It's so hard. Technology well, keeps moving on. And, and I have to. And I can't. It's so hard. I need help. You know what? How many comedians at, you know, where you are have their own comedy festival well and in portland there's a bunch so i was just talking to my buddy in portland next week is the new is the first annual portland comedy festival and then at the end of um of at ha- the ha ha harvest festival is right after thanksgiving and then and that's run by my buddies chris kadami and um shannon hunt and then there's the portland black comedy festival run by our buddy tyrone collins the real hijinks nice. and then there's our buddy belinda carroll who's running the queer the portland queer comedy festival and there's a podcast festival i don't know who runs First that of all, but they're comedians portland's, like me portland's popping i know it seems like it's it's popping more than here and it's but it's comedians it's that community. have a community and they're great and it's funny that i know i don't know who runs the new one the portland comedy festival or who runs the podcast one but the other three festival i know all of their but, i'm like buddies with all of get, their people but you <laughs> so get a lot of love when you go there yeah so when because, i go to portland i'm going for a week and a half and i already have like five booked shows thank you ben warren thank you hunter donaldson thank you jake silberman Thank you, Jenna Vesper. I don't think Jenna Vesper has anything during, during that time for me, but I still get to see her. Thank you. And there's just such great people up there. Jaron George, Belinda Carroll. They support each other. And they do, and, and they have lots of shows, and the audiences are there, and they want to see comedy yeah. for whatever reason. And they do in San Francisco, too. It's just that I don't know how to market. So hopefully this year with the budget that I'll be able to
able to create when you apply to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. I'll be able to figure out how marketing works. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note... No, I'm, I'm serious. I have no idea how anything works. The only thing I know how they work, I know how microphones work. I know how boards work. I can stage manage the shit out of things. I'm good at organization. But when it comes to all of this, like everything administrative, she's and learning the social media factors and the social media. I can't. I just, I don't know how the kids do it. You're getting there. These kids. You're, how do you're they? Getting there. I'm doing it without a smartphone too. I'm insane. Yeah, that's pretty insane. But she I has never, an iPad. I, I do. I have a Samsung. Oh, that excuse was, me. It's Samsung. free on Jonathan's program. Yeah. But so yeah. That. I, there you the, go. Frig, I got it post to the Instagram. Did you like the one today with the impeach and the... I I, put the yes, that's. The I said that. I love that cast. one. Yeah. They're finally, someone's finally listening. Yes, I did like that. There's <laughs> and this is on live, so... Yeah. I've had a couple of viewers. Thank More people you. need to watch or I I'll don't, kill you. You don't have to watch. Just listen. Listen, listen and watch or I'll yeah, kill you. Yeah. I'll eat your first child. They're, I hear babies are delicious. Mm, I don't know. Tasty. Yeah. All right. All right. That was it. <laughs> uh, oh, wait. Oh, wait. Next week, uh, we have to find out if he actually gets impeached. Oh, will it happen within a week? No, no way. No, it's going to no, take forever. I'm just waiting for something else to happen. Yeah, when they say swift, it's meaningless. Yeah. It doesn't. We don't even know what we that know means. We don't know what's going what's on swift? Right Nothing. Nothing. Not it's justice. Not justice. But let's all be encouraged that something happened. And finally, finally, something was so egregious. that His act was so egregious, working with Ukraine, that they finally took... The action that they need. Action. That's right. Nancy and Chuck. Yep. Yeah. I have Good no stuff. hope. Take Taking him down. I wouldn't it be insane? Who would run on the Republican side if Trump was impeached? Mark Stanford, the guy that said he was kidnapped but was in Argentina. Ah. Oh, low battery. Oh, well, it's we'll over. We'll end it anyway. Okay. <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye. Yay. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Terrace, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834.
MutinyRadio.fm Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm Streaming live the station MutinyRadio.fm District of the Mission MutinyRadio.fm MutinyRadio.fm Listen to live streaming radio Or download a podcast And you can listen on the go San Francisco MutinyRadio.fm Hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Nine months ago, a small hand-wrought baton began a journey in John O'Groats, Scotland, packed tenderly into the crusty saddlebags of some adventurous next to her underwear and can opener. At present, the thing is several time zones away, but on its way to San Francisco next month, Friday, October 4th, we will be celebrating its arrival with a party at Moto Guild on Treasure Island. Join us in welcoming the baton and her bearers, the Women's Riders World Relay, to Northern California, making its way back to Europe via everywhere from the furthest reaches of six continents, Europe, the Middle East, Asia, Oceania, and on its way across North and South America, igniting a global sisterhood of inspirational women to promote courage, adventure, unity, and passion for biking. There'll be music, food, entertainment,
entertainment, neat bikes to look at, stories to swap, art to ogle, purchase, and people to meet. Everyone is, of course, invited to bring the whole family. Admission is free, but bring a few bucks for food, bevies, a raffle, and cool stuff from vendors. On Friday, October 4th, San Francisco will be celebrating the arrival of the Bataan in California at Moto Guild on Treasure Island from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. Come celebrate your love of the motorcycle and the women who ride them. For more information on the party and other awesome motorcycle-related tidbits, join the Dames Don't Care Motorcycle Collective on Facebook. For lots of info on the relay, visit womenridersworldrelay.com. Hope to see you there at Moto Guild on Friday, October 4th with Dames Don't Care. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Point your guns away now. 